The second thing that I think that we need to note is that we must diagnose the condition properly. Now, always in the Bible it seems that they tell us up front that the person was possessed. And so believers are waiting for somebody to come along, a lot of preachers are, and tap them on the shoulder and say, that person's possessed right there. Go pray for it. But it don't happen that way. It records in the Bible for us that the person was possessed so that we'll know what Jesus was dealing with. How did Jesus know, though? There's a lot of logic in these passages, and I don't want to miss it, so I'm going to give it to you right now. There's a lot of logic here. They accused Jesus of casting out devils by the power of the devil. He began first and he said, every kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. There's a point of logic there. If I, by the power of the devil, cast out the devil, I have divided his kingdom, it is destroyed. In other words, Pharisees, you're ignorant. You're stupid. Jesus always did them that way. I love it when Jesus shows them how dumb they were, don't you? In the, in the New Testament, Jesus would just catch them in their traps and show them how stupid they were. And then there's another point in there, too, that I want you to pick out. He says, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. If your logic was wrong and I did not cast out devils by the power of the devil, then I must have cast them out by the Spirit of God. And not only that, but the kingdom of God is on you. What are you doing with it? He said, how can a man enter a strong man's house and spoil the goods except he first bind the strong man? In other words, there had to be one greater than Satan in your midst or I never could have done this. Think about it. There has to be somebody greater than the devil to cast out the devil. Amen? And then he wrapped it up and said, He that is not with me is against me. By that time, he's saying, I am, I am, I am. And you are either with me or against me. And of course, they knew exactly what he was saying. And they knew where they were at. They were against him. I think we must diagnose the condition properly. And a word of caution here. Improper diagnosis can be fatal. You go casting out devils where there is no devil and it can be fatal, okay? But on the other hand, to do nothing and leave the person to suffer and die is also fatal. So we're faced with two things. We need to be led of the Holy Spirit and we need to use wisdom. We certainly need to act. First of all, we must do more than just admit to Satan's existence. We must do more than just admit to Satan's existence. We need to get serious about this. We need to get serious about the devil. And God, in the last year or so, has been asking me this question. Jim, do you really believe that the devil exists? The Bible says in the book of James that we're to be doers of the word. The word says he exists, and the word says that we ought to do something about it. If it is that way, then Jim, what are you doing about it? As Kenneth Copeland said one time, he was asking God to do something about what the devil was doing. And Jesus said to him, I have already done everything I'm going to do on Calvary and the resurrection and sending the Holy Ghost to you. Now what are you going to do about it? You do something about it. We need to get serious about this thing. Instead of just giving lip service to his existence and to his influence in the world, we need to really get serious about it. And secondly... We must study and pray for spiritual discernment. Satan is very, very clever, and he disguises his work real well. He hides it. That's why it's so important in our services for you and I to worship God and lift up Jesus Christ so that the Holy Spirit settles in upon this place and begins to give us gifts of the Holy Ghost and spiritual discernment and makes it possible for us to know and makes the devil show himself. Because the devil, whenever the power of God and the Spirit of God are moving in a place, 
He gets uneasy because he knows that there's somebody in that place who can do something about him. We need to study the Word and pray for spiritual discernment. We must not be afraid to call his hand. We must not be afraid to call his hand, people. I'm amazed at how many preachers will let Satan come into their church and never do a thing about it. We must not be afraid to call an ace, an ace, a spade, a spade, and to tell him we know who he is and what he's doing. If you went to a doctor, and that doctor was diagnosing your condition, and, and you said, Doc, I think I have cancer. And you had this great big old sore on your arm there that hadn't healed in a year. And the doctor looked at that, and he said, Ah, nothing. He gives you a Band-Aid and slaps it on there and says, Take two aspirin and call me tomorrow. Would you go back to that doctor? Would you look to him for any more help? No. He don't know how to diagnose a common cold probably. And that is a weakness in the church today. We have no spiritual discernment. We're putting band-aids on cancer. We're patting people on the head and saying, it'll be all right, sister, just hang in there. It'll be all right. It won't be all right. They've been suffering for years and they'll continue to suffer until somebody anointed of God and able to discern it will say, Satan, get out of their life. We must not be afraid.